Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunwads and Hunbros, little bit of housekeeping. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Abby and I finally found a place to live. It was a little bleak there for a second, but um, we found a really great deal with a family friend um, and we're super excited. We are moving into this really cool 1918 farmhouse here in San Diego and like the secret passageways and like nooks and crannies alone. Um, if you're into that kind of stuff, make sure you're following on social media because I will be sharing our journey of moving in and doing our own little remodels and all of the cool stuff that we find. So that's that's the number one thing. That's the biggest thing. I'm actually going to Home Depot today. You know, I'm going to make a day of it, get some paint, and um, we're going to start painting. I'm so excited. It's, it's, it's so cute. I know. Anyway, the second thing, I wanted to say thank you to our new Patreon members. So thank you so much to Sarah Van Tassel, Olivia Jolly, and Elizabeth DeWorth. You guys are awesome. I am so excited to welcome you to our little club over there. And the coolest thing is today is the first day that this episode actually will include bonus content. So there are two little bonus parts on the Patreon, one about the six qualities of a Mary Kay consultant, and two, a little bit about baptism and death, which was something I had never even heard of before. So if you're over on the Patreon, you have access to that. And if you want to hear those little bits, join the Patreon. We have $5 and $10 tiers, and we would love to have you. So thank you to all of my patrons over there. You guys are amazing. And I will be sharing some more behind the scenes things over there later on. Anyway, on to the episode. And I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we're going to be talking about one of those big baddies that we like to talk about, Mary Kay. You know, we've had a couple Mary Kay episodes on the show, and we've We've kind of dipped our toe into that pool, but I got an email from our guest that said, those Mary Kay episodes are pretty good, but, and you know, when I get that sort of, but like, I want to know what that but is. So I would love to welcome to the show, Jennifer Cook. Hi. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Um, Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, I feel like I know about as much about Mary Kay as everybody that's listening. It's like, it's the pink Cadillac. It's the, I've been to Mary Kay recruitment parties. I owned Mary Kay stuff. It's all about the eye makeup remover. Like I get it. I had customers in LuLaRoe that were red jackets that came and were looking for things that match their red jacket. They bring their red jacket in and look for LuLaRoe that match. So like, that's kind of like the extent of my Mary Kay knowledge. And then what I've been told on the show, but your email, you were just like, it was like, here's all the things they missed. And I was like, when can you chat? It's so great to have you. Uh, I'm so excited to hear your journey. Let's start with the beginning. Let's talk about where you were in your life with Mary Kay when it came knocking and what that looked like. So I did my first stint with Mary Kay back in, um, I guess it was 1993. My husband and I were on a break. We were boyfriend and girlfriend then. And I signed up under somebody, a woman who targeted me at a fair. And she asked me to come to her skincare party at her house. And I went, and of course she had, you know, ceiling to floor product and her husband was there and did the whole half your face thing, (laughs) which blows my mind, but they would do half your face for you. And then you do the other half and you'd leave looking like professional on one side and like hodgepodge on the other side. It reminds me of that movie, the other sister. Did you ever see that where she goes to the mall to get her makeup done and they only do half of her face? (laughs) Yeah, I could imagine it was something very similar to that. Same kind of thing. So afterwards, she, you know, told me that I was one of the people she'd love to work with. And would I be willing to come to her meeting on Monday? And so I went and then she bought my kit for me and ordered $600 wholesale of inventory in my name. (laughs) That what? I didn't. So you agreed to I, sign up and then she tacked on all this extra stuff on her own credit card. On her own credit card, yeah. And had it shipped to you. But that's not the worst part. Then she billed me for it. Like she was sending <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck is this? And at the time, I didn't really have any extra money. So it, it was kind of a shit show for lack of a better word. But it's like, how is she going to expect you to, like, she can't just buy you things and then be like, here's the bill for it. Like you right. didn't even ask for that. You didn't know that there was going to be some caveat of I'm going to charge you for it and send you a monthly bill. What happened? Did you pay it? Did you ignore it? I ended up, I ignored it for the first four months. So I never saw her again. I had all this product and it just sat in my, in my closet really. Cause I was young at that point. I was, I was born in 74. So tw- almost 20 sat in my closet. I'm like, I don't know what to do with all this crap. I ended up donating it to Goodwill because I started getting these bills. I'm like, I'm not paying this. And I asked her if she wanted it back. She's like, I have too much product anyway, so I don't need it back. Wow. I said, well, <laughs> I'm not doing this. So, you know, knowing what I know now, I know that she needed that ghost account to meet numbers. She was a Cadillac driving director. And a woman that you would have thought was totally filled with faith and love for the Lord and all of that. And so I really thought she was a great woman at the time, but I was looking back on it. I'm like, how were you so naive, Jen? (laughs) Right. But here's the other thing. You're 100% not the only person she's done this to. Absolutely. Absolutely. She had a Cadillac. The audacity to just send somebody a bill. Thanks for being my ghost account. That was $1,200 retail. And that's a qualified order. So you're a qualified consultant and a qualified consultant, as you know, from LuLaRoe is what you always want, because those are the people that count for prizes and cars and bonuses and all of that stuff. So, (laughs) so, um, 
I was in another relationship at the time and he was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best thing. You're going to win, you know, all this prize. You're going to get a free car. And anyway, I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. Like this shit's going back. It's going somewhere because I don't want any part of this. I felt swindled. So my husband and I, um, we were together for two years, broke up for two years. And we've been together ever since married. Um, the breakup was when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. It wasn't divorce or anything. We were both were very young. And so we got back together and his mom was a Mary Kay sales director. And yeah, so she took me to, (laughs) she took me to a recruiting event. I love the woman. I really do. She passed tragically in 2003. Um, I'm not going to share a ton of her story because I feel like it's not my story to share. I wanted to be on my mother-in-law's good side, right? So I signed up again. And I started with a full store of inventory. A full store of inventory is $3,600 wholesale, which oh. is $72 retail. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of remover. I put it on a credit card. Um, I was young. So at this point, so 1995-ish, got the Mary Kay credit card because, you know, they pushed that one while you earn free. I forget, even forget what you earned for free with that card. But it was it was an easy card to get and it was a high interest rate and it was bad. I really wanted to please her. So I started recruiting and I started selling and I was selling a lot. Like I sent you pictures of my weekly accomplishment sheets that I have in this handy dandy scrapbook. And usually I'd sold about $600 a week, but I'd order like 12 and $1,800 wholesale a week, which when you have a full store, you're only supposed to order 60% of your sales go back into your inventory to build up and 40% can be your profit. But I wanted all the new and greatest things, right? (laughs) So, and I wanted that red jacket, which it's funny. I was at a girl's weekend a couple of weeks ago and my best friend, her mom was also a sales director and she has some crazy stories too. And she's like that red jacket though. It's like, it had this gold encrusted, like it's, it's just awful. I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, oh my gosh, it was just a cold. Looking back at it, so much of it was a cold. I sold, I replenished, I bought more than I should, I recruited, and then it got to the point where it was like, well, it'd be awesome if you're a sales director. And I was like, okay, I can do that, you know, because I want, I'm a people pleaser by nature. And so I was like, I can totally do that. So I started recruiting, and I think most people I had on my team was about eight people which is when you can go into DIQ, director and qualification. And I went in three times and I failed three times. And each time I came out with more debt than I went into it with, just because I was trying to make the production numbers. And what does that mean? How how do you get DIQ? DIQ is director and qualification. And to go into DIQ, you need, and it may have changed in the last 10 years, but back then you needed eight qualified recruits to submit your intention to be a director on qualification. Then from there, you have four months to finish the director on qualification to make you a director. And you had to have as a team, $4,000 in wholesale production a month. And each person can recruit under you to count towards your 30, 30 is a director. If you have 30 people between you and all your legs, um, $16,000 wholesale production at the end of the four months. And then you're magically a director and you get to buy a St. John suit from the company to wear at events. <laughs> oh so, my God, that is so much. And you have it, to do it four consecutive months in a row? Yeah. 
um, $4,000. But then they also had the Fab 50, or they call it the Fab 50 directors, where they would debut with 50. And of course, I'm like, I can totally do that. I could debut with 50. I couldn't even keep eight active on my team. But then you also have this rolling active calendar, right? So you place an order in January, you're active January, February, March. In April, you need to place a minimum of 250 again to stay active. So you're constantly trying to keep a third in, a third's on their way out, and a third are just treading water. Like, I, I, oh <laughs> like even even saying that, like that's not a viable business. Like that's like it seems no. like a scam. Even being like one third of the people on your team, they're already on their way out. One yep. third is drowning, and the other third is like pretty okay. Most of the people are not doing great. No, they're not. And I even had somebody on my team that, um, because we would have weekly meetings on Mondays. There were these big rah-rah meetings. And one of the things that drove me batshit crazy is I'm not a big rah-rah person at all. Like I'm totally an introvert. But um, I would go to these meetings and the sales directors in the special St. John suits, when they were introduced to train you or to do an award or something like that, um, you would have to stand and clap for them. <laughs> they would get a standing ovation. And one time I asked, why are we standing for the sales directors to clap? And they're like, oh, it's because they worked so hard to get to where they're at. And looking back now, I'm like, you know what they did? They worked their asses off to be where they were at. But I still didn't, I felt like it was like a false sense of idol to, of celebrity to clap for these, because I mean, it's constant up and down, you know, right? It's like, absolutely. It's it's a love bombing convention. Let's put all these people up who have jumped through ridiculous hoops, spent exorbitant amounts of money, lied and cheated as many people as they possibly could to get here. Let's Mm -hmm. clap for them because we need them to understand that it was worth it. And this whole standing ovation and being on stage and getting a picture you can share on Instagram, Facebook, just with your friends, whatever. And again, I know this was years ago, but that, that's right. the mindset now. Like that it's is so- worth it. I'm so glad I'm not in, I wasn't in right now in this social. I was getting out in 2010. So that was about the time that social media was really taking off because I truly believe if I was still in social media, I could have sold a shit ton of product. Like I asked my husband once, I said, why do you think I was so good at Mary Kay? I'm in real estate now. I'm a realtor. And he said, because you kind of had a hard upbringing, my dad was an alcoholic and you were able to kind of be a chameleon to whatever group of people that you were in. Not that I'm fake because I'm actually pretty genuine. I can make myself feel comfortable by blending in, I guess you could say. I'm the same exact way. And again, it's like this childhood trauma, like you being in these situations and having to disassociate to be in other situations where it's not like traumatic for you. So that was me in high school too. I was friends with everybody. And it was just like, I really enjoy these people and the conversations that we have. Mm -hmm. I'm exactly the same way. I totally get it. Yeah. So I'm glad you get it. So at these Monday meetings, I had a team member that um, come to find out she was selling like selling like a thousand dollars a week. And I'm like, wow, I'm not going to say her name, but you're awesome. Like, but she wasn't ordering the $600 a week. So come to find out she was so starved for recognition and attention that because I could see my team's reports, you know, what they're ordering. And then her weekly summary sheets were saying, oh, I sold a thousand dollars this week. Well, you're not ordering 
$600 to back up those sales. And I know that you didn't start with a full store. Long story short, she was lying just to get the recognition. Um, she was falsifying sales. Yeah. There was no yeah. product exchange. It was just like, yeah, I sold a lipstick, put that in. Yeah. Cause it was just, it was a computer program that you just put it in because you had your own store, right? You had all this product and you'd order this. And it was totally, when you talk about a dopamine hit, you order the product, that's a dopamine hit. You get the product, that's a dopamine hit. You put these ridiculous labels on the back. That's the dopamine hit. You think you're a store because you're putting it in your store front, <laughs> you know, um, or you put it in your carrying case to take to classes. So at the time I was doing two to three classes a week. And that would involve me going out of my house <laughs> and taking all this product because we would want to set up a complete set, which was, I forget how much they were, probably $200 or so in front of each facial tray so that we could refer to them as your time-wise cleanser and your time-wise moisturizer. And doesn't your time, you know, doesn't it feel great? And so um, I would sell collections like that. And then we were also taught that if people couldn't buy it, to put them on a payment plan. So their husband would know. What? Like, and then I'm just like, oh my gosh. And sometimes people would pay and sometimes they wouldn't. And I didn't feel comfortable calling them and saying, hey, you still owe me money for X, Y, Z. So I would just let it go and write it off. (laughs) It's like, no, it's all a scam. It's all just women like scamming other women and calling it a business. Right. So, but going to these events and um, even going to the classes, we were required. It was in our, I, I don't know if it was in the agreement, but we were strongly encouraged to wear nylons and a skirt or a dress. And we weren't allowed to show up in jeans or flip-flops or, and if you had a red jacket, you know, you want to wear that because that shows that you're professional and people will take you more seriously. And we were also taught to say their name as much as we can, because it's the most beautiful word in their language. Oh so I'd be like, Roberta, God. your time waste cleanser, you know, you put it on like this. Doesn't that feel great, Roberta? Roberta, I'd love to have you on my team. What do you feel? How do you feel about that? You know, I found that that's the other one. Feel felt found. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if somebody comes up with an objection, they're like, my husband wouldn't let me. And so you would say, I understand how you feel. I felt that way too, even though I didn't, when my husband decided, you know, that it probably wasn't a good fit for me, but I found it's really given us the financial security that we needed and we're lacking in our homes. Oh my God. I mean, I, I could spout this shit off all day. And, you know, my I texted my sister-in-law this weekend and I said, Hey, I'm going on Roberta's podcast. Cause I didn't tell very many people because I was, it, it's so out of my comfort zone, but I, if I could save one person from making these mistakes and I have so much more then I've kind of done my job. And she goes, she sent me this huge list. Make sure you touch on this and this. And this. I love and, it. And I had most of it on my, and you know, her mom was a sales director, um, my mother-in-law, and it brought her a lot of joy and it brought my father-in-law a lot of joy. But when she passed, we um, uncovered some things that were, it wasn't what it seemed. And that's kind of all I'll say there. The love bombing, the need for appreciation and recognition, I think is a lot of what women are lacking in their lives and they're searching for. And they're finding it in these MLMs and these cults. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That is what I wanted when I went looking to. I didn't want to just be so-and-so's wife, so-and-so's mom, so-and-so's friend. Like I was like, I have my own identity. Like, why doesn't anybody see this? And I was struggling with that. I'm like, I have a name, you know, and I really felt that way. And absolutely these businesses know that because they're cults and they're scams. They know that they know exactly how to manipulate people to get them to do exactly what they want. It's all psychological. And they also use their families. I wrote down a quote that it's actually, I was writing just journaling and this is what came out. It says the makeup and the skincare was a mask hiding my own insecurity because I'm an open book and wear my heart on my sleeve. The directors who knew me best knew my weaknesses and my vulnerabilities and used them against me to get me to work harder, order more product, which was their vehicle to their dream. Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, wow, you know, and my mother-in-law was not pushy with me at all. She walked a very fine line between director and mother-in-law. And I always appreciated that, but I also always wanted to spend more time in her space. We had very different personalities. We got along, but we had very different personalities. And I just wanted to do all I could to, you know, be a good daughter-in-law. And so like the retreats, they, that's one thing my sister-in-law, she, had said to me, um, talk about the retreats and these retreats were twice a year, usually like spring and fall. And you had to qualify and just to qualify, you would have to like hold 10 classes, recruit two people, place a $600 wholesale order. Do it was like, do three of these five things to qualify, to hang out with the big girls, which were all the other sales directors in the area. And so they would get us there and then we had to turn off our phones. If our phone rang during something that was being trained on or something, one of my own team members, they told her her kidney was in. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then we'd room with four people, two people to a bed. Once I slept on a floor so it could be more affordable for me. And then to keep costs down just so that you could attend. And then you spend this whole weekend pretty much being brainwashed by, you know, how to become that, how to look better, how to sell better, how to recruit better. You know, the drill you've been there, right? Uh, Yeah. I'm thinking like, (laughs) I remember the LuLaRoe. I slept in a bed with someone I had just met that weekend. Someone on my team that I'd known, but I'd only met them in person that day and I was like yeah sure (laughs) come on in let's snuggle it's so weird and you know a couple weeks ago I had it was on a girls weekend and my best friend my childhood best friend of like 25 years we shared a bed because I don't get to see her very often it was a king size bed but I still put like a pillow barrier between us she's like Jen what are you doing and I was like I don't know I just don't want to like try to cuddle with you in the middle of the night or something like and I don't want to be cuddled with so you know but I still keep it when you're rooming with people you barely know it's god bless my husband like he never said anything bad about Mary Kay. And I don't, I think he took his cues from watching his dad support his mom. Only when we get credit card statements, (laughs) would there be a, and I'm like, well, I needed to order for such and such. He's like, okay, well you're selling, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm selling, but I wasn't, you know? And so it did cause a little bit of debt that we had to get out of and that I regret. The seminars, have you talked to anybody about seminars? In Dallas, Texas in the summer. No. 
let's talk yeah. about Mary Kay's Texas seminars in the summer. Yes. One, you must go. Like you can't tell them you can't go because then you're being negative. You must go. Um, and you must get arena seating. The arena seating was seating within the arena or there's hall A seating and hall A seating is you're at seminar, but you're watching seminar from a TV screen in a ballroom. (laughs) They're always in July or August, which is deathly hot there and miserable. We always had to wear nylons and skirts in the heat. Little sleep, you room with four to five ladies, one bathroom, two to a bed, up late, up early. There was a place called my girlfriend's house. And it was where all the vendors were for seminar because thousands of people are going to these things and they would try to sell you, you know, the blingy pins and the, the bags and, but they had a roped off area that was for sales directors only to shop at, to get their cheap prizes at, that they would give away. We were often told, well, make directors so you can come shop with the big girls. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 22. Aren't I a big girl? Like, this is ridiculous. Awards night, they would bill it as the Miss America of Mary Kay. So it's like Miss America because all these, you dress up in ball gowns, basically the people who are going across stage and receiving their, their rings and their bees for recruiting and just, just all the things. So many women are desperate for the recognition that they really stop at nothing to make the ranks just for the applause of people that they don't know. People like themselves that know 98% of what they're seeing on stage is fake. Many people bought their seminar rewards with their own production or ghost accounts. That was pretty big. Wow. (laughs) You know, I saw a meme this week and it said, and I was like, well, ladies, if you need recognition that bad, then change your alarm clock to clapping at 6am when you wake up because, (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so many people need to hear that because it's so accurate. And I would strive every year to, you know, recruit enough people to win that gold diamond bumblebee thing that I probably never would have worn outside of Mary Kay because it was gaudy my mother would have worn it but not me and I remember um, the bumblebee thing my aunt sold Mary Kay and I remember her sort of and I love my aunt and again she was part of the the whole thing so there's nothing against her at all but I do remember her trying to recruit me and I was probably 18 or 19 and uh even into like going into beauty school it was like oh this will be perfect because makeup and on your station it was always trying to recruit me and because I loved her I would go to these things because I wanted to spend time with her. So I would go to Mary Kay meetings at like oh. ballrooms <laughs> and, you know, holiday in like conference centers and things just to hang out there, just to have snacks and dinner and hang out. Right. And I remember that bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Always that. And I was like, I don't get the bumblebee. And they're like, well, a bumblebee is so big as tiny wings. Shouldn't let him fly. But the bumblebee doesn't know that. And so he flies anyway. And I was like, Yeah. Okay. That's a cute story, but okay. No. Yeah. And you know, and you probably remember the ladders because we would were rewarded with how many wholesale orders we placed. So we had the stars on the ladders going up. Oh my God. Yes. The stars on the ladders. Yes. I was trying to dig under my bed because my jewelry bought my just cheap crappy jewelry is under the bed. And I was like, I wonder if I still have it to like (laughs) wear, but I couldn't get under there because all my clothes are under there. But yeah, the ladder. And then, you know, at five, 10 and 15 years, you'd get a pin. And it was all about like what pins you you had. And the production, I was looking um, back in the day. It was also like quarterly contests. 
and you would win these random prizes. Oh my God. That's like selling magazines in middle school and then going into like the prize being like, I can win the a scooter and a Super yeah. Bowl. This particular one, $6,000 wholesale over three months got you a coach handbag. $7,800 wholesale. And this is from, I don't even know what year, 2000. Got you a DVD player um, or a luggage set. But like $6,000 in cash would have bought you a Louis Vuitton. Right. (laughs) And now you've got a coach like Satchel and $6,000 worth of makeup in your garage. And probably debt too. Like the end consumer, you're right. You always say the end consumer is the consultant. It's true. Like they are the consultant or their friends. Right. Yeah. There's a few non-consultants that end up being the end consumer. And the statistic is it's about 10% right. of product makes it outside. It's a lot of ghost accounts and buying things and, and back and forth and back and forth. One of the ladies that I was most enamored by, I will not say her name. Um, she's a national sales director, but she was one of the youngest to do it the fastest. Everybody wanted to be the next But then I found an account called Pink Truth back when I was trying to get out in 2010. We love Tracy Cohen in on this show. I'll email you the name of the person to search her name because the amount of narcissism (laughs) is just sickening. And the fact that I idolized her and wanted to do it the way she did it and get to DIQ and she's probably 10 years younger than me. It's just sickening now. Just for fun, I follow her on Instagram and see what she's up to, but she's actually changing directions, I think, and going more into an influencer path. Don't see as much about the good old Mary Kay on there. So in 2003, my mother-in-law passed away and she was my director. And so we all were rolled up to um, her director. So it was our senior director. And for 12 years, she was my um, director, but wasn't my recruiter. That's when some of the crazy crap happens. (laughs) I mean, it just gets crazier. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. 
Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these crazy cult things that Mary Kay has, because we all know that MLMs are cults. Uh, and I love giving as many examples as possible because I think people go, Oh, oh my gosh, I didn't think about it like that. Not all MLMs look the same in terms of being a cult. Some are way more controlling than others. Amway is very obsessed with people's marriages, things like that. Uh, LuLaRoe was really obsessed with that too. Some people are just cultier than others. You know, you look at Nexium, that was very culty. So I want to talk about the cultiness of Mary Kay because Mary Kay is, is very culty. One of the toxic things is the constant toxic positivity, right? Like you can't have any real life things going on. Like you're having a bad day or somebody died or things like that. One of the things at seminar that they would do is we would sometimes start the seminar day in the arena singing the enthusiastic song. And I'm totally tone deaf, such as in advance, but it got that Mary Kay enthusiasm deep in my heart, deep in my heart, deep in my heart. I got that Mary Kay enthusiasm deep in my heart. Thanks. That was one of them. Or Wow. I'm alert, alive, awake, enthusiastic. I'm alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. I'm alive, alert, awake. I'm alert, awake, alive. I'm alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic about life. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a robot person. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just like yeah. unexpected. Yeah. But so. also at the same time, like it's I'm like, not surprised at all. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because you know what you know about these MLMs, right? You know, I tell somebody who doesn't know and they're like, you did what? I'm like, oh yeah. So complete with jazz hands and everything. So she was my director. And then I knew a woman that I knew very well. And um, she would have us call this hotline number every day and she would take attendance and you call this number. It was like before Instagram or kind of really text messages. And she would give you like a two minute motivational talk over this recording. And then it would beep like an old answering machine. And you'd say, Hey, this is Jennifer. I really enjoyed such and such. And I have five classes scheduled this week, three interviews, and I have one recruit I'm working with. And you were supposed to call this thing daily, like Monday through Friday. So we did. She was also a senior sales director who was trying to reach the ranks of national sales director. And when you're a national sales director, that's the top of the company. 
when you're national, you have to reach national before you're 60 or 65. I don't know what that age was, but she was very close to those ages. So the push was limit. Yeah. Yep. An age limit. You have to reach that in order to, in order to collect retirement. I don't know if there's an age limit to reaching it, but in order to collect your retirement that Mary Kay paid, you had to reach by 60 or 65. The pressure was on, especially after my mother-in-law died and we rolled up, that kind of essentially removed that layer. So we would now be directors under well, her. I have a question. So, it, and, and this is something that, that's never happened or that I've, I've never been able to experience or ask questions about, like when someone dies in an MLM and, you know, sorry for the loss of your mother-in-law, but when someone dies, is it the same as someone leaving? Like they just disappear and everything just rolls up into the space or like what happened to her team mm-hmm. and everybody? Yeah. They rolled up to her director. Passing away is the same as leaving. There's no <laughs> distinction between any of those things. Right. Yeah. So we rolled up. My sister-in-law pointed out, which I hadn't was true about this new director that we had was she definitely made us all feel needed for her national sales director area. Within a week of her mother, so my mother-in-law dying, she was pushing her to be a director. She said she needed a director to replace mom as much as I needed a mother figure. Wow. So okay. wow. it was a very, that is yeah. so manipulative. Yeah. Because, you know, she lost a director. So then she's... To even uh, compare the two is like not even fair at all. So my mother-in-law died in June and I think my sister-in-law got out in December. She was just like, I'm done. Like, and she had a ton of customers because she was taking care of her mom's customers and all that. She's like, I just can't do this with these two girls. You know, she had I think two girls at the time. And she's like running to the post office to mail product. And so it never happened. She didn't become a national sales director. I looked her up just recently. And what was really sad is I was asking her if I should have a baby. <laughs> Who does that? I, I mean, that's how much I looked up to her and thought that she had my best interest. She never got an estate. She would always say it's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission regarding ordering or going to an event or anything like that. She would say, show up to go up. We had a fiscal year, so everything ended on June 30th. It's funny how all the production was in by June 30th, but then in July, you know, they're still pushing you to order more, even though you stretched yourself to the possible ends of the earth to meet their goal. It just seems like it's never enough. Exactly. That's exactly what it felt like. I felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't win. If I was giving it all to Mary Kay, it was taken away from my children. So in 2000, 2004, let's say I was pregnant. I had a four-year-old. We just bought a home, a new car. My mom gave my son a dog, pick of the litter. He was over there with her puppy. <laughs> puppies. She's like, you can have pick of the litter. I mean, this short period of time, we had all this stuff going on. And then I was put on bed rest and my director would call me and she's like, there's lots you can do on bed rest. You can still make phone calls. And I'm like, okay. So I was on bed rest on my couch with friends unpacking my house, making phone calls to customers trying to get orders, you know, to place a wholesale order. Never enough. Never enough. (laughs) 
she came over when we bought our new house. So I had my daughter and um, my first daughter, and she came over to see our new house that July when all this was happening. And she's like, you know, your loft area looks just like the first office I ever had as the sales director. She's like, you're going to make such a good use of this space, just like I did. And then what a weird thing to say though, like what a nice office, you'll definitely be successful with an office like this. Like that's the Mm -hmm. weirdest, like, oh, it is. It's so toxic. (laughs) So, so toxic. You're in this mindset. You're a young mom. You're a wife. You lose your mother-in-law, all of this. You're all in with Mary Kay. You're just doing it all day, even though it's never enough. You're just working even harder. How neglected was your actual family? I think, so my daughter was premature. So she was four weeks premature and I was pumping and bottle feeding her. And I remember just doing that repeatedly. And I had a very traumatic delivery with her. They had to leave my C-section open and pack it. I had to have a home health nurse come and pack it to heal during all this. I had postpartum depression hard and it was all consuming. They put me on an antidepressant. Um, I've been on antidepressants before and still am. <laughs> and they put me on one that was safe for breastfeeding mothers. Cause the one I usually take isn't, I remember she was probably four weeks old laying in bed and just crying. And I'm like, I can't get out of bed. Like I have, I, I just can't. And, and that's when I think it, it hit me that it was just never enough. And no matter how many goal posters I made or vision boards I made or laminated pink Cadillacs that I hung from my ceiling in my shower to remind me of my goals, it, it just never, it wasn't going to materialize. At that point, I also realized we had quite a bit of debt from just Mary Kay alone. My son would make these vision boards with me and he would put the Millennium Falcon on there. And then it got to be the Death Star and Death Star is like $600 or something like that back then it was on there. And it still to this day breaks my heart that I never got him that. And he's 22 years old. And he actually mentioned it to me yesterday. We were texting back and forth. And, um, you know, when you're 22, you think you have the world figured out. And he was, we were texting about something and sacrifices that I had made during his childhood. He was, I saw how hard you worked to Mary Kay. I remember pasting that death star onto that vision board. And he didn't say anything about it not happening, but I still feel bad. Like, I still feel like I need to buy him this $500 death star. And I probably, I, I could now, like I'm in a financial position where I, I could totally just go to the store and do that. But I don't think he put it together now. <laughs> so um, as far as my husband, we had a lot of arguments about money and about time I was spending away from home. My husband has always been very, and still to this day is very gracious about things I want to do. But back then, I think like the Monday night meetings, if I was doing three plus three plus three, which was three classes a week, $300 in sales at each class and three recruiting interviews every week, that's a lot of time away from home when you have an infant and a four-year-old. My son, when he was probably six or seven, he was in probably first grade. He told his teacher, they're talking about what their parents do for jobs. And my son said, my mommy gets dressed up really pretty at night and goes to work. 
Oh, no. So then I go to conferences and um, she, she asked me that, like, I didn't know he'd said that. So I went to conferences and she goes, well, I just was curious, what do you do for work? And I said, oh, I'm an independent sales consultant with Mary Kay Cosmetics. I said, have you ever tried our products? And she just looked at me my physician. I tried to recruit my own doctor. And now I'm like, she probably thought I was a total idiot. Like, I, mean, I can even just imagine your husband where you've got like laminated things hanging in the shower to motivate. He never like, what said, did he, say? he never said anything. anything. Maybe he, you, it's because no. he's the son of a Mary Kay director. This is it. This is what you do. Uh-huh. And we were encouraged to some of the stuff they had us do for our husbands to keep them happy nothing like LuLaRoe, but they would have us tape a hundred dollars onto a mirror with uh, and write in lipstick. This is for you. Go golfing. Or, you know, my husband plays guitars, go buy yourself a guitar or, you know, to include them in the vision. And then they would also, I went to this one sales director because these national sales directors would come into town and they would charge like $30 to go watch them or listen to them speak and give you their wisdom at their feet. Right. And so you're like, well, let's see how they got there. And she goes, she was one of the oldest ones and she was trained by Mary Kay herself. And she said, okay, ladies. So when your husband asks what's for dinner, you always need to have a chopped up onion in your fridge. So that when he's pulling in the driveway, you put a hot can on with a pat of butter and you start frying up that onion while you figure out what's for dinner. Ooh, what are you yes. cooking as opposed to uh-huh. done all that? Right. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that, what, it, it just, I can't believe I fell for some of the shit, Roberta. It's, it's just, just like such toxic patriarchal bullshit. Like, it's just like... Do you want to be a good little wife for your big, strong man? Like, it's so right. Deanne. Yeah. she. I When watching Lula Rich, it was very, I felt, and my best friend also felt that it was, Deanne took a lot of her own training that she taught you guys from Mary Kay Ash. Like having oh, the hair done and having the makeup on and having, you know, what makes this successful and, um, yeah. So yeah, her mom actually wrote a book called like the secret power of femininity. So she was oh. raised in that like horrible environment already. I would not be surprised. Also, Deanne was, was, was in Amway at one point. So again, it's all of these very toxic environments and they all repeat. It's all the same regurgitated stuff in all of these things. So all you're hearing from every single angle is how you have to put on lipstick and please your man, a happy husband, and you can buy whatever you want. Like it's insane. Right. It's the ask for forgiveness and don't ask for permission type of thing. You know, it's not 1952 anymore. You know, it's not. And it's to this day, I won't go outside my home without mascara and lipstick. I just won't because it was so ingrained into my head that you need a full face of makeup every day. And if I don't have makeup on, people are like, you look sick. Like, are you feeling okay? Even during COVID, I wore a full face of makeup every single day. And, uh, you know, it's just so ingrained in me. So anyway, regarding my family, my son never got the death star. So my daughter, my middle daughter grew up a little bit. So she was 2004 to 2010. So like six years of it. She went to, I would take her to Mary Kay meetings with me because I thought that she would get some, you know, I don't know, wisdom parted on her. She went to her first Mary Kay meeting when she was four weeks old in a dress, no nylons, but in a dress. Um, we often heard fake it till you make it. That's when I can't 
have all these. What about your youngest daughter? Was she, she was the premature one. So did she miss most of the Mary Kay stuff? So my youngest was actually six weeks. I have two premature daughters. My youngest um, missed all the Mary Kay. I was out before she was born. Thank God. And, you know, I remember sitting there and it was a totally different experience having her and not having Mary Kay on my plate because I didn't have to pretend to be working. Um, my husband didn't make me pretend to be working, but I always had to report to my director what I was doing that day. And I remember just sitting there holding her and a memory popped up on Facebook. And it was, I think I said, there's no more important place to be than right here, right now. And it's so true. And I really think that she got a different mom than my first two did, which makes me a little sad because I was blessed to be a stay at home mom and I didn't have to work. And I chose the Mary Kay to do um, kind of as a time filler. And I missed out on some, my son took his first steps in a sea of product that I was sorting through. And I was blessed to be there and see those first steps, but I wasn't fully present. It was, you know, I, I just wasn't fully present is the best way I can describe no, it. I, I think even the juxtaposition of, of seeing that and understanding what it was like to raise a baby in the environment of being in MLM where someone's checking up on you constantly mm-hmm. versus getting to raise a baby where it's like, nobody is checking up except people that actually care about me. I actually care. And, you know, I sent my product back in 2010, which is a big no-no. So Mary Kay has a 90% buyback on any product you've purchased in the last year. So I had a lot of old products. So what I did is I told my customers, I'm going out of business. This is your last chance to order. Um, Please order through me. This would help me a lot. And so they would, they ordered a bunch of products. So I was able to send back more. I still didn't send back all of it because I, I mean, I have probably had eight or $9,000 in wholesale inventory, which is 18,000 retail. It's wow. double. And um, that's a lot of makeup and they constantly changed it, right? They would have these seasonal things, which you've talked about on your show where, you know, get the new eye colors and get the new lip colors and get this and get that. And so my middle daughter has a condition called trichotillomania and it causes her to pull out her hair and Jenny Wild, I reached out to her um, about it. And so she started that when she was six. So that was 2010. And that's when I realized uh, I have bigger fish to fry than, than this. And fortunately, you know, she's lived with it since she was six, she started with her eyelashes, went to her eyebrows and started with her hair at 11. And she's worn her hair shaved since she was 11 and she's 17. Now I switched my focus kind of from Mary Kay to going to conferences with her to learn from some of the best in the industry and the best doctors around the world. I couldn't even tell my director that I was dealing with that because I know all she would have probably said is, Oh, that's so terrible. But you know, we have a great eyebrow pencil. (laughs) (laughs) right like don't even worry about it like we can fix that too amazing that you reached out to Jenny Jenny is like the best person to talk about trichotillomania with she's incredible so I sent it to my daughter and I'm like oh my gosh follow her account and so fortunately my daughter is very open about it and isn't you know she's not hiding and the wig was not for her (laughs) like 
was the trichotillomania diagnosis like the final straw for you with Mary? With Mary, Kay? it was one of it was definitely one of them because she started pulling out her eyelashes, and she we I mean she had such beautiful hair that people would stop us on the street to comment on her hair. Her hair was crazy thick; it had red under to she just had beautiful hair. It's still a little heartbreaking, but she's thriving in life. And that's really all I can ask for is she's showing up in life. She's thriving from all of this. She shares her story openly. She has a boyfriend. Um, Her sister has more compassion from it. Her brother is super proud of her and has compassion. I always wondered how it would affect my children, but it's actually been a blessing. It's been harder on me, I think, than it has been on them just because you're grieving what you thought it was going to look like. Right. It's always harder on us when our children yeah. make decisions that we didn't expect or do things we didn't expect That's, or like encounter yeah. things that we weren't prepared right. for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was one of the final straws. So I packed up my product and I sent it back and I told my husband, I said, I'm sending my product back. And he's like, okay, <laughs> it's so him. He's just like, okay, whatever. I don't know if you know much about the anagram or the Enneagram, but I'm a nine and he's an eight. So he's very quick thinking decision-making. I'm like, well, what do you think I should do? And so my sister-in-law had sent it back and I knew from her that after she sent it back, she didn't have any more contact with her director um, who is still my director. And my director would often talk to me and say, well, I don't know why she sent it back. And I'm like, well, she's really busy and, you know, has kids. (laughs) I didn't tell my director. I stopped selling. I stopped going meetings. I didn't go to seminar that year. I think that was probably a red flag for her because I had been the previous five years. I sent it back. Ironically, I sent it back the last week of June, which was during the fiscal year. And I knew that that would hit her. I didn't do it on purpose. That's what was best for me. I knew it would hit her bonus check, her last production in June. And it did. But the minute she the minute it goes back and you request that buyback form, they tell your director so that your director will call you and, you know, try to get you to stay a little bit longer. You know, the story. But I mean, and I so, feel like your director should know because isn't she the one that told you that one third are in one third are on their way out and one third right. drowning. So like right. they're in the one third that's now was, on their way out now. I was drowning and you know, she's the bathtub analogy. Like you're constant, you have to leave it running. You have to leave that bathtub running to keep it filled because the drain isn't stopping. So people are going out constantly. And so the new people are coming in and that's how you're keeping a bathtub full. So she um, called me every hour for an entire day from like 7am to 10pm or so. And I just let my phone ring and ring and ring. And so I sent her a brief email. I don't even know what I said. I said, thank you for the support over the years. You know, we're having some family problems. I don't like doing this anymore. Um, Please respect that. And she didn't call anymore, but I, I, it's funny. We were in um, the town that this director lives in yesterday with my daughter my my oldest daughter. And I kept looking out the window and my daughter says, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just worried she's going to drive in here in her pink Cadillac and I'm going to have to like face her. I haven't seen her in all these years. She used to have us over when she got her new Cadillac every two years because it's a lease. You don't win it. You're you know leasing it based on your production to test drive it. So we knew what it was like to drive a Cadillac. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you Cadillac. could go to any Cadillac dealership in any city, in any state across the world, uh-huh. country, whatever, and test drive a Cadillac if you were really curious. Right. right. But that didn't even dawn on me. Right. And 
So um, I went over there to test drive it one day at one of our Cadillac parties. And I was so terrified. I was going to wreck it. I like got down the cul-de-sac. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. But everybody was clamoring. She probably had 30 people there to test drive this Cadillac and to sell this dream. I mean, really, that's what it is, is it's a dream that very few achieve. And she was a dopamine fountain. She was letting everybody splash around in. Right. That's exactly what it is. And I wish her no ill will. I just, I'm so much happier. And, you know, I asked my husband when I was writing all these notes down, I asked him, I said, Hey, what was the most toxic thing about Mary Kay and me being in Mary Kay? And his response was the way you acted everyone trying to outshine everyone else and buying their way to recognition in the top. Yeah. Your husband's a smart guy. I was surprised. I was surprised. He's, you know, he realized that. And he's like, I never said anything, but you were real fake. I was. And it was the whole fake it till you make it. And I was buying all these clothes. What stay at home mom needs three piece suits in her closet. The mantras, the affirmations, the wear this uniform, the work for this prize slash car. The other thing is we were taught a hundred no's to a yes for bookings. I don't know if you were ever taught that. You need a hundred no's to get to a yes. My sister-in-law pointed out a very good point. And she said, can you imagine if we told boys that tactic in dating? No. Yeah. Like these are the toxic things that in our homes, we're saying to ourselves, I even had a sheet that was like hundred no's to a yes. And it was like a hundred no's. And then one, yes, we had a tracking sheet. You cross off those no's and you're like, I'm one no closer to a yes. That's exactly what they told you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they told you. It's you're a game one, now. We're, it's a game. It's, oh, I feel like I lost out on 10 years of my son's childhood um, and six years of my daughter's just being not being present, being divided. And when I was doing Mary Kay, I felt like I should be at home. And when I was at home, I was felt like I should be doing Mary Kay. And I would wait for them to go to bed so that I could get on the phone and make phone calls and not watch TV with my husband. We were told TV is a waste of time. I shouldn't be watching TV. We watch a lot of TV, but (laughs) I say so great. There's so many good shows out there. So many good ones. We were also taught to retire our husbands. That's another regret that I kind of, you know, like on, we would have these long badge things for seminar and it'd be like, this year I want to, and you'd fill in the blank. And it's everybody had retire my husband because you were taught to do that. Did your husband want to be retired? Oh God, no. He went to school. He's a master's degree in electrical engineering and he's a reserve deputy in our county. Like. He's like, he's actually, good. Jennifer, I like working. If you could yeah, not retire me, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm ready for him to go back to his office because he's been home for two years and he has a very loud voice. But, um, you know, there's blessings that have come with COVID too. Like my kids have got to see him working. And I think that that's a really good thing that they've got to see him on the phone and um, how he does his business. But yeah, it creates a good work ethic to, to watch that. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I love finding the silver linings and things. I know. <laughs> Me too. So after Mary Kay, I um I stayed out of Mary Kay for a while, stayed out of MLMs, and then I met somebody who sold Leah Sophia jewelry. I remember Leah Sophia. 
I think it's not around anymore, right? It closed? I don't think so. I did a brief stint in Leah Sophia. Uh, Then I was pregnant with my last child and I signed up. My best friend had found 31 gifts and I signed up for 31. I have so many bags. And are are they all filled with junk and like stacked on top of each other in a closet? Yes, somewhere? yes, in closets. My husband's That's like, where you are I know. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So 31, I had a team in 31. I was in 31 for about two years uh, and then was just done. There was nothing bad about it. It was same thing, tons of parties, tons of recruiting. I was good at it. I didn't like being home on nights. I remember telling my best friend who recruited me and she does another MLM now. She does creative memories and she's done it for like 30 years, but she does it more for the product. I said, I just don't want to be home or I don't want to be gone on nights and weekends anymore and making phone calls when my family's home and listening to me and I don't have to work. Why am I doing this? (laughs) Do you want to know how I got sucked into 31? Oh, how? So I was at the San Diego Zoo on like a mom play date with my daughter, who was probably only like two. And there was a woman in front of us in the line to get on the sky buckets who had the cutest like diaper bag backpack I had ever seen in my life. It was just like a basic square backpack. It was like very boxy, but it had all these little pockets and it was like rainbow stripe. And I was like, oh my God, that is the cutest, exactly. cutest backpack. I need that backpack. It was a limited edition print that was no longer being made. So it didn't even freaking matter. But I really wanted that backpack. And I was like, oh my God, your backpack is so cute. Where did you get that backpack? You know? And she was like, 31 gifts. And that sent me to a spiral. And then the first time I met an actual rep, I was like, oh my God, I need to have a party. Like there was no hesitation. And she's like, oh, we can do that. You know? And then that year for Christmas, because I had the party, my mom came that year for Christmas, like. We, my sister and I just got a shit ton of 31 bags. It was like every is... 31 thing you could possibly get was what yeah. my mom had bought at the party and then gave us for Christmas that year. <laughs> Their hostess program is actually probably one of the most generous. I w- I just had a 31 party last, I think it was last Christmas. It's still an MLM. I get that, but I got like a thousand dollars in free product. And I'm like, how the hell? And my, it came and my husband's like, what the heck? <laughs> we have so many 31 bags. So, you know, um, and there are MLMs out there, like you're saying right now. I mean, I don't support them and I get it. I don't and, anymore. And here's the thing. It's like, there's MLMs out there that have good product and that's part of it, right? Like no one's joining these pyramid schemes that have horrible product and they're like it's a scheme I'm gonna make a bunch of money like there are good things in these schemes that's why people join whether it's a good product or a good compensation plan or like a good friend or whatever like there are slivers we'll call them slivers slivers of good that hook you get you and I think that that's why I stayed in Mary Kay so long is because I loved the product and I didn't want to pay full price for it you know and I had family and, and such but 
to this day, I still can't find a good face wash and moisturizer like Mary Kay, but I'm my, one of my best friends, it signed up for just personal use because she has three girls. And so I was ordering from her and I'm like, I'm just not even supporting it anymore. Like I will find something else. Cetaphil's working okay. Uh, Cetaphil is a great, like basic, you can get it at the grocery store. Dermatologists right. recommend it. It doesn't have a lot of like side effects. I think it's non-comedogenic and all kinds of things. Cetaphil's great. Yeah. Their eye makeup remover, Cetaphil's, is actually very similar to Mary Kay's. There you go. And I think um, there's a L'Oreal one too that um, oh, yeah. Laura Catone mentioned on her episode. She was like, she was so cute. <laughs> I loved listening to her and I'm like, oh, she left so much on the table. <laughs> like, there's so much more. Uh, so yeah. The other thing that you briefly mentioned was LuLaRoe. Yes. Uh, and my ears always perk up. And you mentioned that you at one point in your email, you said at one point had joined LuLaRoe and you were actually actively in the queue and got the phone call. Yes. So, so let's walk my, through that. <laughs> okay. So 2016, my mom died. It was that fall. I had seen something online about LuLaRoe and I saw that they had an Amelia dress and that's my youngest's name. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they have an Amelia dress. The Amelia dress is what got me too. But it didn't look right on me. (laughs) It made me look like I was in maternity clothes. So then I, it was the height of LuLaRoe, right? 2016. 2016, 2017 was like, yeah, that was the Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I love these clothes, which I tend to be more like classic girl next door, like sweaters and ballet flats and jeans. That's like my uniform. And I bought so much LuLaRoe. Like at one point, my closet was 90% LuLaRoe, 90%. And I'd open it and I would feel totally overwhelmed and have decision fatigue because I'm like, what the heck am I going to wear today? Like, I felt like a clown leaving <laughs> Cause it's so not, yeah, you're like, should I add one more piece or take a piece off? Like what is up? What is going on here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Your Halloween thing was hysterical. I was dying, but so I'd open my closet and I tried to put pieces together and I put these long, I look at pictures of myself from then. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Because, ne- and I have great legs, right? I carry my weight, like in my stomach, the trapeze shirts, whatever, the perfect tea or whatever. The perfect tea. So bad. They add so much visual weight. My sister-in-law teaches dance and r- runs a dance studio and she swears by those and they look adorable on her. But not on me. I look like I've gained like 50 pounds. So I'm like this giant green giant walking around. So I liked the classic tees. Some of the leggings, I got rid of most of them because they were crazy. But my husband, bless his heart, to this day doesn't say anything about how I dressed back then. But sometimes he'd look at me and be like, what are you wearing? Where are we going? <laughs> so I decided with my um, very good friend, she lived here at the time. We were going to do um, LuLaRoe together. And she is a mechanical engineer and has an MBA. She's a very smart woman. She's like, oh, I'll sign up with you. This is great. We'll go in the queue together. And I'm like, okay. But I met some very higher up LuLaRoe people. And I told them I want to join. I had a LuLaRoe party. And then she decided to get out. And I didn't see the writing on the wall. And it looked fun to me and glamorous that she's carrying all these Ikea bags of shit into my house. I'm like, that looks so fun. 
fun. And so um, not fun at all. No, no. Like she came to that party. She's like, we totally could do this. I'm like, but the buy-in is so expensive. And so we found somebody to sign up under who we purchased a ton of product from. And she was thrilled that we were going to do that. And then my mom died. So when my mom died, all the LuLaRoe ladies on this lady's team pulled together. It was very sweet, pulled together money and sent me a Panera gift card for like $300 to help keep my family. Like, cause my mom was in the hospital for 13 days and I was living on hospital food and, but they would check in often and be like, how are you doing? Are you? And I do think that they were genuine. I don't think that it was like, Oh, she's a Q baby. And I'll, and I'll hop in here and say that most women in MLMs are like that because we're right. all looking for community. We're all looking for friends. We're all looking to help others. That's why we join these scams and the scams, you know, milk us dry, but you, I have never met so many genuine people. Like when I was in MLM and they're also out now, but like just really genuine people. And it's the bottom of the pyramid. It's the last ones in. It's not the yeah. Tiffany Tops that's doing this. It's, it's the people like you and me who see ourselves in those that are suffering and say, what can we do to help? Exactly. So I will say, absolutely. People that are in, in MLMs, the, the Huns, 99.7% of them are amazing. Yeah, I agree. And they want to help, right? And so so they sent me this gift card and it was well-received. And we were, I don't even know what number we were in the queue. We were probably on that queue list for two months or so. And then at that point, I figured out that you can't pick your own patterns and what you were getting. And I had a closet full <laughs> Blue so you didn't know that, what kind of patterns were that available. I wasn't wearing. Yeah. And I would do the unicorn hunting and the, the whole nine yards. And so went into this queue and then they called me and they're like, hi, this is LuLaRoe. We're so excited to welcome you to the queue. We just need your credit card number. It's just like Lachey said in the, in the documentary, totally like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, and I said, I just changed my mind. Like, I'm not even wearing what's in my closet because I feel like a clown when I leave. And, you know, I, I'm just not going to do it. She goes, well, you realize that you're giving up your spot in the queue. And I said, I totally realize that. I said, but I feel like I'm dodging a bullet too. And she goes, okay, then. And so then she called and goes, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> And the lady's like, well, you realize you're, she got really angry and she goes, you realize you're giving up your cue, you know, your cue and you're going to have to wait again if you change your mind. And, you know, this is a business that we're so busy and this is the one you should be in. And she gave her this whole spiel and just was not buying it. And she's like, nope, I'm good. And the lady got even more angry. She's like, okay, bye. She just hung up. So, but I just thought she goes, girl, we dodged a bullet. <laughs> with that like the amount of investment just alone and I had went and like gotten a line of credit or something like that to, to you know we we're in it just she had started an Instagram for it and I'm so glad we didn't I just absolutely I know, you dodged a humongous bullet <laughs> well and one of my best friends she knew somebody I don't know if it was on her street or her son's class or something and this lady was always going live with her LuLaRoe but it was all in like almost near her kitchen and my friend's like how do these clothes not smell like whatever she's cooking in her house like it's just oh, they weird do. they absolutely do it's weird. They, they then, would tell us like if things smelled weird, we could Febreze them, throw them in the dryer for a couple of minutes to like get the smell out, keep, put them in the freezer overnight before you send ridiculous things. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you know, it brought us to where we're at now. And I think you have a huge movement started and I'm trying to not buy, I do love pampered chef. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for pampered. I won't, I won't sign up. I don't cook that much or that well to sign up to do that, but well, we'll just have to keep finding other brands that <laughs> replace those things. It's kind of yeah. fun when you do that, we are like, ah, oh, I can't buy that anymore. Let's find another brand. So, you know, I'm always trying to work with different companies that offer things that MLMs used to offer so that people have oh, that's a good idea. Thing, right. So the Mary Kay Barbie real quick. I can't leave. Her oh behind. yes. We have to talk about this Mary Kay Barbie. So, Oh, I, I love it. I, I hate to say that I love it, but I want one of those. Like I need she, a Mary Kay star consultant Barbie. Like I just need it. She even has a ladder on. Oh, this is awesome. God, does she have a so she has, She's got the red jacket, you guys, and she's got the ladder pin and a pearl necklace. And obviously pearls of sharing, you would earn your earrings and your, she's got the earrings on too. She does. And she has nylons because in Mary Kay, the star can, well, she's a red jacket, which is the first leadership role. So she has her uniform of a black skirt and nylons. Oh, she even has a brush. Um, I didn't notice that and black shoe, black heels, but we were, um, encouraged to win her because Mattel had never made a Barbie with nylons before. And I don't think Mattel's ever made a pyramid scheme Barbie either. Yeah. It's something I don't even, I think I looked up how much she was going for on eBay at one point. My husband's like, you're not selling that. I'm like, okay, well, so it's one of the few things I have left of prizes I've earned in Mary Kay. I love kitschy MLM graveyard stuff. I've started yeah. collecting it. I just think it's ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's my shtick. That's I have that's a what whole I do set now. of china. A whole, well, I have two sets of china. Um, one I earned and then one we inherited because her sister lived in Indiana at the time, which she's more than welcome to have it. It's it's china. It's a certain kind of china that was high end and it's pink and there's white and then it's pink rimmed and 14 karat gold or 18 karat gold rims and I have a complete setting for I think eight or ten people of that so that sounds amazing my, too my sister-in-law needs to come and get that <laughs> get it out of my cupboard um, but then I also have one that's just like everyday plates and it says like inspire encourage reward like all they're around the you know the rim of the plate and the rim of the cup and all of that. I have Mary Kay silverware. It's actually weighted. Like the fork is a nice weight. So I've kept it, but it hit my kids are like, this is the Mary Kay silverware. It's so, weird that Mary Kay even has silverware. <laughs> and it, it these is things that these were prizes, like in the prize catalog that you could exchange your points mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Yeah. In that pamphlet thing and so the different categories are all wholesale categories but three say three thousand dollars of wholesale inventory and you recruited two qualified recruits then you have 1200 extra points so you would not be in the three thousand you would jump up to the 4800 which would get you oh look there's the so if you can see the place setting that's yeah but and wow, okay i had like six of those so you could your wholesale plus your qualified recruits was where you landed on that star consultant prize thing and then you would order it online i think and they'd send it to you cheap jewelry 
it's, it's funny. I haven't opened this in forever. The other thing we were taught too is, I don't know if you've heard of applause magazine. It's a Mary Kay magazine. Yes. <laughs> but only because my aunt had them. Yes. And I saw them and yes, it's, oh my God. Yes. I was looking to see if I had any to take pictures and send you, but I didn't. I, I got rid of almost all Mary Kay stuff. I have my scrapbook but so the applause magazine was used as a recruiting tool and it was actually very useful as a recruiting tool because it listed all of the top directors I think it was down to five thousand dollars their commission checks for the previous month or two like in July these directors and so I would use it as a recruiting tool and then the love bombing all the you know the postcards and the go girl What's this about a $200 class? I see a red hot car in your immediate future. You're motivated. Stay on target. It'll change your life. As Mary Kay says, you can do it. But it's all just word salad. It's like, it is. you can it do is. it. Okay, but how? Read the manual. Okay, but I did. Well, then you can do it. You're like, oh, you do God. And one of the things when you're a director, you can go to Mary Kay's house or you used to be able to and sit in her bathtub. It was, I think a heart shape or something like that. And so the directors would make this big deal about getting their picture taken in Mary Kay's bathtub. Okay. But a heart shaped bathtub sounds super cute. Yeah. In my quest for directorship, I think one of the most toxic things that they told me to do that I actually did was write your debut speech. So a debut is when you've hit directorship, you invite all your friends and family and team and, and your husband gets to introduce you and tell you how proud he is of you in front of all these people. And then you give a speech about how you, you know, you got there. So I was encouraged to read, write that speech first, which was like 10 pages long. I wish I had it. I don't, because I'm sure it's just totally narcissistic practice that speech. So I'd have it memorized when my debut came along and it would encourage me to reach directorship, which it never, I mean, it didn't, (laughs) it it didn't happen. I mean, that is just, that is so toxic. Here's the thing. People that are actually getting awards, not even they are always prepared and they're Mm -hmm. actually nominated and are like one out of 10, you might win. And they're like, Oh my God, I didn't have anything prepared yet here in Mary Kay. This rank that, what, 0.008, I don't even know, make, they're asking you to write out a speech for your debut. Mm -hmm. And you said it was like, what, 10 pages long? It was 10 pages long. So it was supposed to be five minutes. So I think it was double spaced, 10 pages long. And I had it on this cute paper that was going to be my debut invitation. So this little girl screaming. I mean, it's just, it's so, I wasted so much time doing this crap. It's all and my kids were at my feet while I was doing it. And it's just busy work. You'll never get back money and energy you put in that you'll never get back. It's all sunk cost. You can't leave now. You're memorizing your debut speech. You can't (laughs) leave now. You're only a hundred steps away. Like it's, it's insane what they'll tell you to keep Mm -hmm. you writhing on the hook just one day longer. I'm so thankful that I got out before social selling on social media. I think that that would have, I I know that I would have been good at it. And I'm not saying that in a conceited way. I learned from the best in sales and that was my mom. My mom could, she just, she was amazing in sales and my brother and I both got it from her. But at the time, (laughs) the time commitment of doing that social selling and stuff, it would have eaten up even more time 
and more FaceTime and my kids would have seen me more on the phone than I already am because of real estate. I'm just so thankful. So thankful that I got out before that. I started reading Cultish and Ponzionomics. Very good. Very eye-opening. Uh, a lot I of information. And both of those books are very like <laughs> academic and very entertainment. I mean, Amanda Montel's fantastic and it is funny. And mm-hmm. Robert, if you know his humor, there is humor in it as yeah. well. But they're both more intellectual and information-based than yes. say like Sarah Edmondson's book or something else like that, where there's a little bit more of a story and like a personal thing. Those are just... I've had people go, I'm I'm trying to read them. I'm just, I'm not really like a factual person and it's really tough. And I'm like, I know I get it. And it it was, it is like very school, very much like this is just good information to know. And it is helpful, but sometimes it takes people a little longer. I didn't have a chance to get it done. (laughs) Hey, guess what? You're no longer in an MLM cult and you no longer have these like rules and restrictions that you have to follow. Exactly. Get it done when you can and it's okay. But That's I'm the such best a, part of being out of these things. I, it it really is because I'm such a rule follower. So if they said, you know, read this book, I would read that book. If they said go to this makeup training, I would go to the makeup training. You know, and so much money is spent outside of what you're placing your wholesale orders. It's all those trainings and stuff too. Yeah. So do it when yeah. you can, you know, in the pockets of your time, Jeff, just the pockets yeah. of your time. So that whole better to ask for forgiveness than beg for permission um, regarding a spouse, regarding orders or seminars or meetings, etc. That's really just a divorce waiting to happen. And I'm so blessed that my husband f- followed his dad's lead on that. And um, not saying it was easy, but just I'm thankful that he put up with a lot. I hear and read so many horror stories from partners who are like, I don't know what to do. Like, I love this person. But I just found out they're hiding things. I just found out they're lying mm-hmm. to me. I just found out that they, there's a whole storage unit full of lipstick. You know what I mean? I, I uh, that. But you know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of thing. And absolutely, these companies don't care about you. They don't care about they, the family they, they say they do. They don't care about your relationship with your husband. The only thing they want is your life, your control. Whatever you yeah. give us, we'll take. You're doing like unpaid sales versus being a business owner, right? It's like your commission-based sales. But then the love bombing and the narcissism that goes with that and the trait and the MLMs live on that as well. Um, the hyped up language, short-term sacrifice for long-term gain, boss babe, level up, show up to go up, fake it till you make it, saying it would create freedom in your life when it creates chaos. Absolutely. I, my world is so chaotic. Uh, financial freedom, it preys on our desires to take care of our families. My sister-in-law said that one. As well as the recruiting events, they're usually a fun event so that they can manipulate you later with what you shared to get you to sign up. And if you're a realist, you're labeled negative. They don't like you to question what they're telling you. They often ask you to cut out friends and family that are questioning your new line of work. So it's a cult. Those are all cold things. Those are all in, in Stephen Hassan's bite model. Every single one of them. It's, it's insane. It is. And I'm so, but I'm so thankful I'm out and I'm thankful that you're doing the work that you're doing because I think it's so important. I told my husband that I was coming on here. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I mean, he knew I was talking to you. He's like, well, I hope you're not just going to, you know, cause he has fond memories. I think of his mom being in Mary Kay and that's fine, but not everybody's experience is 
the same. The company will still do the same things to you that they did to me and they've been to so many other people. Their retention is, you know, I think MLMs are dying and I think that that's a really good thing. Yeah. You know, and there are people that have wonderful experiences. Absolutely. I I get that. I see, you know, maybe husbands or children that are only seeing the good and seeing. well, it was amazing. It paid the bills. We got to go on that trip. Wasn't it fun? Like, I don't understand why you hate it now. And it's not until we unpack all of the things that we went through and we, we put names to those feelings that we had going, I I felt like this was kind of weird. And then someone else goes, me too. I felt that way too. Oh, I felt that way. I felt that way. And you're just like, wait a second. And all of a sudden you start to realize, oh crap, like this is a thing. And this is manipulation and this is control. And you don't even realize it's control until someone opens your eyes and you're like, oh my God, the emperor is naked. <laughs> and then you can't unsee it anymore. I think people, when they hear anti-MLM, they're like, but, 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 and, and that's one thing is like with the, adding the compassion and the education and the understanding, I think we're ending even that stigma mm-hmm. of anti-MLM is anti whatever, you know, like I just want people to understand and see the red flags and hear stories like yours and connect with them and go, uh-oh. Maybe I am in something that isn't really that great for me. Maybe I should do the numbers. Maybe I should talk to someone about this and, and, and really dive into this. Maybe I should ask a couple more questions. Are you ready to answer some rapid fire questions? Okay, I'm ready. All right, Jennifer, one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Demoralizing. That's a good one. Um, a warning or a piece of advice to somebody who wants to join an MLM do your research. And there's a lot of it to be found online, especially online and talk to people. I mean, find all the information you can, but first and foremost, don't put your family's finances at risk for a pipe dream. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Oh, they're tied. So I'd have to say Mary Kay and Amway. I was, so many people from Amway have tried to recruit me over the years that yeah, those two. Fair enough. Those two are pretty bad. Um, what is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? I have a lot of very good friendships. That's what I was going to say earlier too, was about friendship is that one of the hardest things was the people I thought were my friends when I left, I never heard from again. The people that I thought would show up when times were tough didn't show up. And the people I didn't think would show up, showed up. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And then ending on a high note, the positive takeaway from your time <laughs> in multi-level marketing. I don't think I would be the realtor I am today without what I learned in Mary Kay from sales and learning to sell to different people. And I don't have a huge real estate business. I usually just do friends, family, and referrals, and I do pretty well on that. But the people that want to work with me want to work with me because I'm genuine and authentic. And I, my motto is you never settle in a home. <laughs> you just don't, even if the price is right. And in this market, you don't settle. So I think that I did have one other really small story to share about the crazy that I just saw. So when my mother-in-law passed away in 2003, um, she was a sales director. So all these sales directors came from all over because they knew her. She, she was on stage at seminar and she did really well and they knew her and loved her. And so they came to her funeral and there were pink Cadillacs galore and, and they all showed up. And then 
we never really heard from them again. I think one lady sent me a card on the one year anniversary of her passing, but we never really heard from any of those other sales directors again. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing these things. I know it's your family. You were incredibly respectful. I don't think anybody's going to listen to this and be like, how dare that girl? I think it was fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Being so candid and vulnerable and sharing your story. I know because this is what I do, that there will be people that hear your story and connect with it. I hope so. 100%. Yes. Always. Sometimes things, you know, that you think are weird and important. Other people are like, yeah, that's not so bad, but it was, it was definitely a journey of 15 years. And if I had it to do all over again, I wouldn't have done it even for the relationships that I built in that thing. So it is what it is. I have a Barbie to show for it. you so much for listening to life after mlm don't forget to like subscribe and share and follow us on social media at life after mlm podcast and my advocacy at the real roberta blevins you can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes and if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought oh my god i have a story just like that that needs to be told hit me up the real roberta blevins at gmail.com I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Hey.